Kicking It fans, episode 31 of Kicking It with Breezy and Don C. We got a special guest in the house today, Kevin Edwards. Kevin, how are you today, man? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm very excited. Of course. So I actually found you through social media, thanks to Instagram. Saw you were featured on Bleacher Report. Can you tell the the viewers and the listeners a little bit about what you do right now? Yeah. So um, I'm a live content correspondent with the NFL. And that means I go and film a lot of their games. I'm usually with the Niners, but I've done stuff in like Philly, uh, LA, Arizona, all over the place. Um, and it's kind of centered around getting content around in real time. So the idea is that you send the raw clips to both, you work for both the home and away teams at every game. You send them that clip um, and then they can get it out to their viewers in real time and hopefully um, increase the viewing experience through like a second screen experience. Um, so yeah, I started, I started doing video for Stanford Athletics and that's kind of how I landed with the NFL. And then I take kind of the stuff that I filmed um, and put it out on my social as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a dream come true. It's been a lot of fun. When would you say you first got involved with videography and photography as well? Yeah, so I, I definitely got into it because I was interested in sports, not the media side of it. Like I've always been a huge sports fan, um, particularly football. Um, and then I st- sort of started to get interested in video around high school. I applied to a video class in my high school and actually got turned down. Um, so I, because of that, I just started editing like stuff on my own. It was like TV stuff, social stuff. I was a big Stanford fan, so I would like edit Stanford players. Um, and then Bryce Love retweeted it. Um, and then Stanford saw that I was going to go to Stanford and then I was making these videos and they asked me to hop on board. Um, I'm not sure if they knew that I'd never held a camera at that point. Um, so it's definitely a steep learning curve. Um, but I got started that way. Um, started to pick up like how to work a camera, the basics and then more advanced stuff. Um, and then it's progressed to this point. So very lucky. Um, definitely a bit of imposter syndrome where I'm like, I'm not, I I really should not be here, but it's been very, very cool. That's pretty crazy. I mean, to hear you say right when you were leading into going to Stanford, you had never picked up a camera. And now to say a couple years later, you're working for the NFL. I mean, what has that transition been like? I know you said it was tough, but what's that transition like to go from having picked up a camera to within a couple of years, you know, you got NFL teams hitting you up for your content, you know, in real time? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, like I said, it's definitely a bit of imposter syndrome. Where I'm like, I, like, I didn't know how to work a camera three years ago. So um, I definitely feel like a little out of place, but also um, feel very fortunate. Um, I know I've been like, privilege in a lot of ways to have the opportunities that I've had um and also pretty religious as well so like very thankful um and I think a lot of it's like God looking out for me um but yeah I definitely it's definitely been a combo of like luck um being given opportunities that a lot of people aren't fortunate enough to get and maybe not through like skill of my own but just pure luck and fortune um but I do also think like there has been an element of hard work. I've definitely like really, really been proactive about making up for areas of like videography that I don't know a lot about, um, especially in the beginning. Like I really, really was hitting YouTube tutorials hard, trying to learn from my coworkers. Um, so a, a lot of luck, but also like a little hard work. Yeah, it's funny you talk about hard work on this podcast. You know, everybody we bring on, we try and kind of mention that there's a common thing between everybody who's successful and that's work ethic that's discipline, right? And kind of leading into that, you know, when we knew we were going to have you on, you know, we had to do a little bit of our research. And I saw that you happen to be a two-time state champ in tennis. I mean, 
Come on. Our listeners know I'm a tennis player. I played at Wingate oh, okay, nice, Little nice. School. So I played tennis. So I saw that. That jumped off the page. I'm like, okay, this guy, he knows. I mean, winning a state championship is not easy. I know that very well. So, I mean, talk to me about that. You know, did you play tennis through through juniors or did it just start in high school? I mean, obviously state champ in, in Wichita, Kansas. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, um, I will. Definitely Kansas is probably a little – 4A Kansas tennis is probably not the same scale as like L.A. or like California or Texas or whatnot. Uh, I will preface with that. Yeah, it was just something I like – I've loved playing sports as well. I am a skinny, gangly, like – guy so I haven't been the best I was like decent at sports but um tennis was a sport I was like really really naturally good at compared to other sports um I really really put a lot of work into it um especially my senior year so my coach is kind of a legend in the state of Kansas which you know doesn't carry a lot of weight to anyone outside of Kansas but um when we won state my junior year that put him at 48 and then the girls won so we had 49 combined state titles um which is insane if you think about it um so it was a chance to win 50 my senior year and I think we all just like collectively bought in to like it'd be a really really cool send-off um so yeah it was it was a very fulfilling moment I haven't truthfully picked up a tennis racket much since then um but I did learn a lot from it like you mentioned like I'm sure you know from tennis tennis is not uh as easy a game to pick up as people maybe maybe expect um it ended up kind of destroying my shoulders in the process a little bit which is unfortunate but um definitely have carried over those principles of hard work and then also like teamwork and communication and whatnot. Um, but it's a great sport. We, uh, forever in the same area, we got to play. I'm going to, I'm going to be awful cause I haven't really picked up a racket much recently, but it'd be fun. Let's do it. I, I, first of all, I do agree with you with my shoulders are pretty destroyed as well. So we're gonna have to have an elongated warm up whenever we do get the chance to play. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, when you mentioned you're a big sports guy besides tennis and then obviously football working right now in the NFL, what are some sports do you follow most close? Yeah, so um, definitely football first and foremost. That's both pro and college. Um, I am a big Packers fan, so and the 49ers staff knows that. So they were they were very cool with it. They brought it up in the interview, actually. Um, but I watched them just get destroyed twice in person, um, which was brutal. But it was very, very cool. Um, like, I grew up a huge Aaron Rodgers fan in particular. Um, so just, like, seeing him in person was very, very cool, even though we just got destroyed. Um Baseball, I'm pretty big on. Uh, I'm a Cubs guy, which doesn't make sense with Packers, but it is what it is. Um, there's a story; it's not interesting. Um, and then I follow NBA, like I follow NBA and college basketball pretty closely as well. Um, and then hockey, I'm hit or miss. Um, I'm I'm kind of a playoffs only fan, where regular season I'm not really tuning in. But um, yeah, and then playing, like I try to play pickup basketball with my friends a lot. I'm not very good, um, but I really enjoy it. Um, and then tennis as well. So okay, so you're a Packers guy. Is there any chance that you're a Bucks basketball fan? So this is going to be. This is always. People really go hard at me for this. My teams don't make sense. So I'm a Packers, Cubs, Rockets fan. There's a reason for each. Okay, let's hear it. They oh yeah. Okay, Daniel did not like that. Uh, <laughs> they're they're pretty stupid. When I was like very, I decided when I was very very little. So Packers was simply because I was three years old and I love the colors green gold. Like I love them. So I was like, that's my team. Um, and like four years old, I love Brett Favre cause he was number four too. It didn't make a whole lot of sense, but really Brett Favre was like a big draw for me when I was like little um, Cubs is cause my dad does business a lot in Chicago and he'd like bring me back Cubs stuff. And then 
my little brain was like, that's enough for me to hop on. Um, and then Rockets, my mom's from Houston. I have a lot of family in Houston. Um, and she made it like a deal that I had to be a fan of one of her teams when I was little. So I'm like, okay, I'll be a, I'll be a Rockets fan. Um, so not, not great stories. Um, and they don't really align a lot because I know Packers fans hate Cubs fans for the most part because they're Bears fans and vice versa. Um, but it's, it's the way it shows. It's fair. I mean, because when you talk about my teams, Danny knows this. I'm a fan of a lot of hated teams. One, I'm a Cowboys fan, and we all know the Cowboys are just – they are America's team, but they're America's probably most hated football team. Um, growing up as well, I was also into baseball, and I'm a Yankees fan only because my dad, his family is from New York, and my dad has been a Yankees fan since he was a little kid. So I was just – I was right there, so I couldn't go against it. Basketball, it's funny for me, as everyone knows that listens to this and watches this podcast, I promise you I am the biggest Giannis fan you will ever talk to. You can ask Danny. Danny knows. Like, Giannis is right there, and I don't think anywhere else is close. I mean, I have a Giannis frame magazine in my room. I bought it from Slam because I'm thinking, okay, if Giannis ends up being as good as he's going to be, that magazine's going to be mm-hmm. worth something one day. So, big yeah, Giannis guy. Uh, I know Danny and I always go back and forth with Giannis. Danny's a big Braun guy and a big, also a big Warriors fan. So you can you can rag on him a little bit as well because their down See, year was was. Danny, I'm, I'm upset you brought that up. I wanted to surprise this guy with the Warriors thing at the end because I got something prepared for our boy here. No, but I can relate to that. I mean, my, my, I was born in New York. My mom was born in New York, but my dad was born outside of Boston. So I've been a Red Sox baseball fan since I was a kid and I was playing because of dad, right? So I'm from yeah, New York, yeah. but a Red Sox fan. Like you said, Warriors fan. And ever since I moved to Charlotte, became a Panthers fan. So, but I, I, I'm one of those fans. I don't know about you. I'm one of those fans who follows players so much more than I follow teams. Like I support the players. So wherever they go, I support them. And that kind of leads into my next question. One of those players that I support very heavily is Odell Beckham. I love him. I just love the swag. I love how outspoken yeah. he is. I just love everything about Odell. So when I was scrolling through your Instagram, the first thing that I was drawn to was the Niners Browns Monday night game yeah, that I did in yeah. November. I saw some of the highlights, man. And I watching the video, it's like going through a movie, man, the effects, the slowdowns, the speed up, the transitions. I mean, what is it like? Like you're on the field recording Odell, Greg Kittle, you know, these types of guys right in front of your face. Like and what's that timeline like, you know, when you're on the field recording, what's that timeline like? What's the process like putting those things together and getting that stuff out? You know, what do they expect from you? I guess after the game is over. Yeah. So, um, to answer your question, it's different. Like Stanford athletics, obviously I'm responsible for producing like the polished, nice videos, but for the NFL's purposes, um, they really expect nothing. Like they kind of cut you loose, but they're nice in that it's designed to be like a part-time job. It's never meant to be a a full-time job. Um, so I'm really one of the only college kids in it. There's one other, I think not two, but a lot of them are are adults. They're like full-time videographers and they're doing this as like a freelance thing. Um, so because of that, they don't really expect us to edit or polish it, but at the same time, it's obviously really, really good for a portfolio for like future jobs and stuff. So there's no like set reason for me to have to edit besides like, A, I enjoy it and B, like, it's going to look really, really good on a portfolio. Like you need examples of your work. Um, so I'm not sure if that's a great answer, but there's no real timeline on it. There's no real rush on it. The only reason would be for myself. Um, But at the same time, they absolutely do not have to give us rights to the footage necessarily. They could say, you can't post this on social. So they're very like understanding and forgiving that aspect, which is really, really cool. Um, But like you said, like that Browns game was one I had circled for a while. 
Um, this is when everyone thought the Browns were going to be good. Not that they were bad, but um, – and there are just certain players, like you feel their star power, like Odell, Jarvis too a little bit, obviously not on the same – same level but yeah certain players like they just draw attention and Odell is definitely one of them so that was that was one of my favorite games even though it was objectively not the best game going back on that just a little more I know you mentioned all the games you got to work this past year the hiring process and I want you to take us through how you found this job and what it was like when you were being interviewed how nervous were you what, what were some of the things going on through your mind throughout that entire process yeah so um the it's like the sports media community, which I kind of cringe at a little bit. I think there's like a, t a tendency for the, these people to like think they're on the same level as the athletes and like think they're their own celebrities in certain right, which is, it is what it is. Um, but at the same time, like it's a very small community and it's like very, very interconnected. So I just happened to see it posted um, by an NFL employee via Twitter. Um, and I kind of applied on a whim. I really did not expect to be like qualified enough for it or talented enough for it, frankly. Um, I didn't hear back for a while. And I was actually in Atlanta doing an internship with Turner Sports. So I wasn't in the Bay Area, which I also thought could be a problem. If the Niners finally reached out to me. We had a phone interview that I thought went well. And they did bring up the Packers thing, though, which I have no idea how they found. Um, like instantly, they're like, we hear you're a Packers fan. So I don't know how they found out, but I was like, oh, like I'm dead in the water. Um, and they had me, they had me go to a Braves game and then create like an Instagram story as if I was running the Braves social media, like a fake one, obviously I'm not, um, which truth be told, I, they ended up bringing on another LCC who kind of does like Instagram stories and stuff like that. So it didn't end up mattering, but, um, I didn't hear back for probably a month at least, or if not two. So I just assumed they'd moved on. Um, but they eventually called back and let me know that I got the job. Um, it was, yeah. It was, it was insane. Um, it's definitely a dream job. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very, very, very surreal and cool. Um, but there, I really did not think I had it, especially when I didn't hear back for so long. Once that came to fruition, you've gotten to work so many cool games. You mentioned the Monday night football, but also I saw on your Instagram too, the Super Bowl, the pro bowl. Okay. That is insane for, for your age, for being, you know, all of us are relatively, around the same age. I can't even fathom being in an event like that with a media pass. What was that like? Yeah, it was, um, so you definitely start to get, I remember my first Stanford game, I was just like absolutely mind blown. And like, I told myself I would never like get used to that feeling um, because I was with like an older employee and like, she obviously didn't really care because she's done this like thousands of times. You definitely get used to it a little bit, but at the same time, like it's still insane every single time. Um, like the first game I worked was a preseason game, which obviously not a lot of eyeballs on that. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, and then the first regular season game, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And then the first playoff game. And um, it's insane. Yeah. Like the Super Bowl has been like number one on my bucket list for like ever, as I'm sure it is for like a lot of people. Um, and I wouldn't even say it was my favorite game. I think week 17 at Seattle, like you hear about how loud Seattle is, but like it was insane. Um, it was beast mode returning. It was obviously for the division. Um, but I think just like, you're almost obligated to say the Super Bowl was the coolest. Like, even if it wasn't, you're almost like obligated to, um, but it was very, very cool. And there's like an element of like, where do I go from here? Like, I think the Super Bowl was like a goal that I did not see myself obtaining for like years and years and years, maybe ever. And just through like the stars aligning, it happened to work out this year, especially with the Niners making it. 
Um, but yeah, it, it, it really is a dream come true. And I definitely try to um, like be cognizant of how cool it is and how, and then, yeah, not to be weirdly religious, but I definitely like try to be thankful and like say a prayer before every game. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no describing it and like no really getting used to it. Yeah. I, I mean, when, when just going back on what you said before, you know, when you talk about the things that contribute to what you've been able to do, when you talk about luck, work ethic, one thing that I know I can clearly tell just from talking to you so far is something that shines out is your humility. I mean, when you, even when you talk about, I wasn't ready and I barely picked up a camera, that's something that is also just as important, right? As, as work ethic, as the discipline of getting better is understanding, like you said, look where I am, look where I've gotten. Let me take, let me not take this for granted. So, you know, what does go through your mind when you talk, when you think that, you know, I, I just did the Super Bowl, I did the Pro Bowl, you know, now it's, it, you know, it's going to be hard to be humble. It's almost going to be hard to sound humble. You know, when you, when you push for your next job, Oh, well, you know, what are some of the biggest events that you've done? Oh, well, I've done the Super Bowl and I've, and I've done the Pro Bowl and they're like, oh, okay. So we, we don't have much to offer you. So, you know, what, what are kind of some of the things that you're hoping to do, you know, in the future, in the next couple of years, like wh where do you think your career takes you from here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think in general, one thing people don't really realize about like sports media is like from purely a talent perspective, I would say, I don't want to trash anyone in particular, but there's like UC San Diego, for example, not a huge market, not a lot of eyeballs on them. They probably have like better videographers than at least 50% NBA teams, which not a lot of people like expect or think. So I recognize that there are people out there and maybe smaller market teams or leagues that are like vastly more talented than me. Um, and I just try to keep like, not, not to trash my own work or get, get myself down myself, but just try to understand that it's not a direct corollary with talent. It's just sometimes opportunities, luck and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I think I would like most to be a video producer, at least right out of college with the pro or college team. Um, obviously I've been working a lot in a part-time role, but I think being like a full-time producer, at least straight out of college, um, would, would be awesome. I got to ask you before we get into shoes, as you can see behind me, and I don't know if you've seen our page, we're big into kicks and I can't wait to dive in. Danny's very excited, but I got to ask you, who's got the most on-field swag that you've seen in front of you? Odell's definitely up there. Like it's hard, hard to leave Odell off the Jar Jarvis as well. Um, I, I don't even know how to describe Kyler, but Kyler definitely has like a, Kyler Murray has like a presence around him. Like um, it's, it's definitely different than Odell and Jarvis but like he's got a lot of those are the ones that come to mind I'm trying to think if anyone else really jumps off kittle is his own dude um i would not use swagger as a term for kittle but um he definitely has like a very commanding presence too i like that i like that yeah right, i mean Danny, kick, kick us off with the kicks talk i was about to say when he asked that question i was hoping your answer was going to be odell because what we see yeah. you know on social media with this guy his uh his collection is undefeated in terms of on and off the field but your collection's pretty darn good as well. I, I've been scrolling through, and the first two shoes I saw, I saw some Travis Scott sixes on. That, that's pretty big. I saw some off-white 97s, and not to mention some jerseys. I mean, Earl Campbell. I saw a Retro Suns jersey. I think a Kobe Team USA. And one other jersey that I'm, I'm waiting to talk about for my next question. But, but this question, I mean, how important is that to you, you know, when you're on the field? I mean, to, to be your age – taking content for the NFL, rocking Travis Scott sixes. I mean, come on, man. Humility goes out the window at this point. You know, you got to have so many people in the crowd like, wow, oh, look at that guy. I'm older than him. And he's on the field taking this with that sweat. You know, what is that like for you, you know, deciding what you're going to rock when you're, when you're on the field? 
Yeah, so a lot of it is like field specific. So obviously Levi's is turf. So then I have that not the whole field is not turf, but the like the exterior where the uh, the media is is turf. Um, but if it's like a muddy day, I'm not gonna wear like nice shoes, obviously. And I I definitely saved them for big games. I I'm definitely a guy who like does not wear them much because I'm afraid of getting them dirty, which I recognize is like the worst thing you can do. But that's just who I am. Um, but yeah, I saved I saved them for like the Packers game. Cause it was like a big moment for me. Um, the week 17 Seattle and then the Super Bowl. Um, I, you say I have a nice collection and I appreciate that, but those are really, I don't have the budget to support. So those are really the only two and the trap gift from my brother. So, um, I appreciate it. Um, uh, and I'm a fan of big fan of shoes. Um, I just don't always necessarily have the budget to support it. Um, but yeah, um, I figured like, how many times are you going to get a work super old? Might as well like go all out. So, um, yeah. And then jerseys, uh, it's difficult finding the time and place to wear them. Obviously can't wear them on the field. Uh, but yeah, it's like you talked about where it's like focusing on players instead of teams. I am a Rockets fan first and foremost, but like, I love Steve Nash. I love Earl Campbell. So, um, I definitely don't have an issue wearing a jersey of a team like Barry Sanders. I have a Barry Sanders jersey because he's from Wichita. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I definitely don't have an issue wearing a jersey of another team as long as it's a player like I really respect. But I'm sure you got me beat just looking at your guys' rooms already. Um, from what I can see in the background, you already probably have me beat. Danny is, I would say, both. In, in this conversation between me and him, he is the sneaker and jersey king, and I'm got just it. playing catch-up. Got it. Do you have a favorite? to say to that? Favorite pair or favorite jersey? Both. Okay, so favorite pair, definitely my Travis Scott Jordan 1 Lowe's. Those are crazy. I got those at a show that they do here, shout out SOE, called Sneakers Over Everything. It's about 20 minutes from my house. Big time show, so I went there and dropped an undisclosed amount of money on those. Oh, yeah, um, but my favorite jersey, I, I'm going to save that one for you because I have a question coming, and I've been, I've been waiting for this. Ever since I saw the post, I've been waiting. So I'm going to save you. And I'm going to tell our listeners who aren't going to be able to see what the jersey is. But I've got it waiting. So, Donnie, if you have any more questions before I get into this, I think you should get them out. I've got one. Kev might not want to talk to me anymore after this next question. So, let's get all the questions out I've got one. And, Danny, I want you to weigh on in this, too. Um, When we talked, I talked to a guy that was um, brought to my attention last week. His name is John Bowman, plays in the CFL. Uh, went to Wingate University, so he's an alum, so we have that tie. But uh, I was asking him. He also proclaimed that he was the inventor, really, of league fits. He was like the OG. In like oh. 08, before Instagram was around, he was always dressing up as much as he could before games. So I have to ask you this. First, are, do you have access to the tunnel, I'm, I'm assuming, before, before the game? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I asked you on the field, who's the best, you know, who's got the most swag? Mm. Pre-game. The outfits, this is a two-part question. If you could pick one person that you would say, okay, they stand out. And do you think it's more swaggy, if you would say, I sounded terrible saying that, swaggy or just it looks all better to either be matching, like everything's on point, or a little bit more crazy? I I know that Danny – I know Danny's answer is pretty obvious, but I want to hear your take, Kevin. Yeah, uh, I will start by saying I have terrible fashion sense. Uh, I don't know if that comes through, but, like, I genuinely do. So I'm not the person to ask, but um, it's difficult because the Niners, the way they work is like a lot of them drive to the private lot, which we don't 
have access to the LCCs, um, but some of them will take the team bus. So one that stands out is a former Niner now, but Marquise Goodwin always like was really, really good. Um, and I guess another former Niner would be Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously I'm biased because I'm covering a lot of Niners. Um, trying to think, yeah, they played Panthers. McCaffrey was okay. Cardinals. Kyler really didn't bring a lot as much as I was expecting. Um, yeah, I don't know if a lot of away players. Russell Wilson's actually pretty bad most of the time. Um, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Of, I've worked. Let's see, two or three Seahawks games. Don't really feel like Russell brought a lot to the table. Um, um, I would go matching, matching. But I think Marquise did a really good job of that, and same with Sanders. Um, but once again, I have just horrific fashion sense, so um, not the person to ask. Yeah, no, I think when Donnie said he knows what Danny's answer is, he knows. Because when I was playing tennis at Wingate, I treated our walk through the gym to get to the locker room like it was my own personal tunnel. You know, I would, I'd pull out my crazy outfits, cheetah prints, sunglasses. So you would have seen me all over. I would have been like the shy Gilgis Alexander of like, you know, college tennis, just pulling out everything under the sun. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. But, yes, the question I've been waiting as I scrolled through your Instagram, and I want to apologize before I get into this question to our listeners for my connection issues. I don't know what's going on, but we are very thankful to have Kev on the show. So this, is, this has been a lot of fun. So hopefully my connection is improving and we can enjoy the rest of the show. But I was scrolling through Kevin's Instagram and I saw a picture of him wearing a James Harden jersey. Yes. That, of course, got my attention because all of our listeners know my feelings about Mr. Beard himself. Mm-hmm. And the caption for those who didn't see you. Hello, Kevin. I believe, Kevin, your Instagram is kev.edwards. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. For those those who want to go follow him, give a shout-out to our guy here. The caption read, hard to beat five all-stars and three refs. Hashtag rockets and five. Hashtag Steph has no finals MVPs. So first off, first off, I want to ask, because we all know, the, the real ones know, Steph got robbed of a finals MVP in 2015. The real ones know that he got robbed, okay? And I just want to say, because you asked about my favorite jersey, you asked, and for the viewers, you get to enjoy me pulling this jersey out of retro rookie year Steph Curry jersey for our friend here who decided to, to put it in my face without knowing that Steph has no finals MVPs. Us Warriors fans know, and we're upset. Even Iggy thought Steph should have gotten finals MVP, but that's besides the point. You got to let me know, what's going on here? What, what was going on there? I saw that the female you were with, was wearing a Warriors jersey. So yeah, yeah. that's what I like to see. But what I didn't like to see was the James Harden jersey. But now that you talk about the, you being a Rockets fan, I understand. But were you at a game or were, were you at a Western Conference Finals game? I know those didn't go so well for your Rockets. But I just want to know, what, what was going on there? What was that caption? That was, that was, that was a caption I respect because I love a, I love an aggressive caption like that. But, man, I saw that and I, I was hurt, man. I, I almost texted Donnie. I'm like, you know what? Maybe let's reconsider. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm it's all in fun and games. But no, I mean, Rockets fan. Ro- what what was up with that? You, you a Warriors hater as well as a Rockets fan? Or, or oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guy who <laughs> runs the um, the guy who basically runs the Stanford stuff, like all of their social accounts, is a big Warriors fan. Obviously, like a lot of people in the area are. Um, and yeah, that girl is. That was one of my first. With that girl, and we've now been dating for like a year and like three months. She's a big Warriors fan, so I also had that going. Um, I, yeah, I'm an unabashed Warriors hater. Um, and I recognize that a lot of it's illogical. I, we can't miss 27 threes, but at the same time, 
there are a lot of calls in that first half in game seven. It's all, but yes, I reckon most of it's like this joking. one. I cannot disagree with whatsoever. Most <laughs> of this completely. Um, but yeah, I've been to Oracle. I, I actually went to um, the Chase Center once, but it was for a Stanford game. It was not for a Warriors game. Um, I've been to Oracle, I think, three times and watched the Rockets lose all three times. I went, what game was it? It was game two, one year. Um, so, yes, I, I've seen my fair share of the Rockets losing at Oracle. Um, yeah, part of it's definitely because you guys beat us every year. Part of it, I do think there is a nugget of truth to it um, for game seven, that particular game. But, yes, it's, it's all in good fun. Um, I am a Steph hater. Um, I do recognize he's changed the game. He's very, very good. Um, I do think there has been some fortuitous injuries maybe along the way. I do think if Chris Paul was there in game six or game seven, we won that game. But I digress. But, yes, it is mostly I recognize at least over the past decade the Warriors are a superior franchise, which would be hard not to recognize over the past decade. Um, But with every joke, there's a nugget of truth. I got to go before dying, before you get into this. First of all, I got to agree with you there. I mean, the Warriors did – have their fair share for two of these things happen. But I think we got it back this past year, considering we lost KD and Clay in the final. So, we, you know, all these things even out. But I want to ask you real quick, you know, you talk about Chris Paul. I'm one on this show and years prior have not talked very well about Chris Paul's playoff ability, being trustworthy in the playoffs. So when he was on the Rockets, a lot of fans were saying, you know, this is the guy who's going to put them over. It's going to put him over the top. I had less worry because I said, Chris Paul, and I say this to Donnie sometimes, he's like the Dallas Cowboys of the NBA. When he comes in, it's just an accident waiting to happen. So tell me this before Donnie gets into his question. What do you think about Russell? Obviously, Russell being on the team, that's a completely different dynamic now. I think you guys are a real, real problem in this year's playoffs. I really do. And Harden and Russ in the last couple weeks, I mean, granted, that was four months ago, but in the last couple weeks before the season ended, they really kind of found – they're, they're, they're niche together, you know, sharing the ball, different stat lines. You, each of them got their plays off. So what do you think about Houston heading into these playoffs? Yeah, so I will say I love CP3. Like, I recognize everyone kind of says he's an, an a-hole a little bit, like former teammates and whatnot. Um, but, like, I love him, but I also love Russ. So I am, like, hopelessly optimistic about my team, so I'm probably a bad person to ask. But I really do think they're a dark horse. Like, they absolutely should not be the favorite, whatever – they're not even really a dark horse. Like, I think they're getting a lot of chatter in for, like, for good reason. Um, I worry a little bit about the depth. Um, but I don't think anyone really knows what to expect. Obviously, unprecedented format. Unprecedented, like, having this much rest. Um, but, yeah, I for sure think they should be a contender. And I think – I really do think CP3 was, like, having a great playoff run that year. Um, obviously, didn't end the way either of us wanted it to. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm – gonna say this about my teams all the time for the most part i have like a modicum of objectiveness but not much um i do think they can make some noise especially against the clippers um because i feel like in the regular season especially like we've matched up really really well with the clippers so in a scenario where we're facing like the clippers in the western conference finals like i could definitely see it all right to close now that you mentioned basketball i've got to close on a basketball question i mentioned my allegiance to Giannis. you're a big houston guy Danny, we know that you're obviously a big LeBron slash Warriors all the way. This season, as <laughs> you've got your jersey, okay, we see it. This season, realistically, unbiased, who is your NBA MVP? I don't know when the voting close. I don't know how they're going to do it with like when the voting will close. Um, I think that's going to play a large role. You see, I really liked 
LeBron, but this like, I know this is stupid. I think the China thing kind of rubbed me along the wrong way a little bit. I realized it was kind of an unwinnable situation for him, but at the same time, like someone who's built his brand around being a social activist for him to like affirmatively put down um, pro Hong Kong sentiment was a bit disappointing. I recognize it's unfair. Um, so that's kind of tinged my view of him a little bit, unfair or not. Um, I think it has to be honest. With that being said, I do think Harden should have won it last year. And I do stand by that. Um, but yeah, I would, ha- I would have to say Giannis, but it really depends when the voting closes. Cause like, if this is going into playoffs, which I don't think it will, mm-hmm. I don't know what normally, um, but as of right now, I think you would have to say Giannis again. I'm so happy you said that. And you now finish this. You started on my good side. You never even crossed that line. You stayed on my good side, Kevin. So thank you for that. Danny, I would love to be in person with you to be able to say, I have another guy on my side and just feel that energy. But when you say that Harden should have won it last year, you know, and you look at the stats that, you know, numbers don't lie, as we all know, it was hard to, you know, not give it to Harden, but at the same time, Giannis was deserving. But I think this year it may be unpopular. I think Giannis deserves it more than he did last year. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I know Danny's sitting here probably very upset in his mind because he doesn't agree with me. And I know that, that, you know, that's just, that's just how it is. But, um, I would say that I think the voting definitely, I think it probably should already be closed. Like these remaining, you know, six to eight games that they're going to play in Orlando. I mean, you can't, you can't factor that in. So I think you take the sample size and I really hope that they're not still hung up. I hear this to this day when I listen to podcasts or shows still hung up on the fact that, Oh, LeBron went through the bucks and the Clippers before the season ended. Uh, That was in March. It's been four months. So the momentum for everyone, I've said it before, and Danny knows it, the momentum is gone. And I'm sure as you know, you can infer sure. as well, but um, thank you for, thank you for picking Giannis really goes a long way. Danny, what are your final thoughts? No, first of all, I mean, I, I have not once disagreed and I, you can go back and listen to all of our podcasts. I haven't once said, I don't believe Giannis deserves it. But what I have said is there's one player who is the best player in the NBA every single year. The NBA has been played the last 15 years. And that is LeBron James. And that's my opinion, as well as a lot of other players. So I believe that he is the NBA MVP. Because one thing that me and Donnie always talk about is the MVP tends to not always be the most valuable. It tends to be the most dominant. And that's why I believe, you know, when Harden won and and KD and, and Steph unanimously, like, they were the most dominant player. Russell Westbrook averaging a triple double, the most dominant. And that's Giannis right now. We all know that. He's the most dominant player, but I truly do believe the MVP should be voted this year by the end. I, I think right now, if there's the, an unprecedented format, like you said, let's give an unprecedented MVP and finally factor in playoff performance. Cause I truly believe, you know, a guy like Kawhi last year, right? If they wait till playoffs is over, I mean, that dude single-handedly put a team on his back. So I think, uh, I think we, we have a lot to see in the, in the next couple of months to see what happens. But if Giannis wins the MVP, I will not be upset. So, I'm okay with that. Either way, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy to have you on, Kev. It was a lot of fun. Although we disagree on some teams, on some players, though, I love listening to your story, man. You're really an inspiration to guys like us and a lot of other people who listen to this. And, and you got some swag, as we can see. Go follow our man, Kev.Edwards, on Instagram, and go check out that swag and, and the crazy video. So thanks for coming on, man. Can't, have, can't wait to have you on again. Thank you guys for having me. I had a lot of, a lot of fun. To echo what Danny said, I mean, really, though, 
when I first came across it, you know, I, Bleacher Report is my go-to. And when I saw you on there and I saw that you were, you know, our age and you, you go to Stanford, you work for Stanford Athletics and you do the NFL, I was thinking there'd be I – would, I would have regret if I did not reach out to you to have you on because your story is amazing. And as Danny said earlier, you were one of the most humble guys, at least I've talked to recently. Um, so thank you again for coming on. If you're ever on the East Coast and if you ever happen to go near Charlotte – or Wingate, I think Charlotte's a bigger possibility. Let us know. If we ever come out to Cali, we'll let you know for sure. I have family out in uh, Charlotte, actually. So if I visit them, for sure. For sure. Awesome. That's Kevin Edwards. I'm Donnie Sherrell. I've got Danny Belsito with me as always. Kicking it with Breezy and Don C is a wrap.